You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We have a really great show today. Later on, we'll be talking uh, with some students uh, from UBC that have won the Canadian uh, side of the James Dyson Engineering Awards. They've got a really innovative uh, uh, medical device that they're working on, uh, a, a catheter, actually, that uh, will actually help patients in hospitals. It's, it's really cool. We will also be talking about Amazon. They had some big announcements uh, this week. And, John, I think we should get right into it. There's uh, a lot of cool stuff. There certainly is, yeah. This is a big, well, th- this is a typical Amazon product dump. They literally bring a truck to your house, and here's all the products. It's, it's weird. Like I, I'm actually surprised at how much they're actually able to keep secret. Because uh, typically, these manufacturers now, they can't keep anything secret. Yeah, I mean, there's some obvious things that we kind of expected updates for, but then you know, there's some other things that no one saw coming. So today uh, we'll be talking about uh, some new products from Amazon. They've uh, updated their Amazon Echo speaker line. Uh, those are the uh, digital assistants with Alexa built in. They're also launching a new game streaming service. Uh, also announcing a new platform or ecosystem called Amazon Sidewalk that aims to extend your network and everyone's network together in a mesh network that will blanket to your neighborhood uh, with all sorts of privacy (laughs) implications there, but we'll get to that. Uh, The most interesting one for me, John, was part of their Ring uh, security line. So Ring is the video doorbells. They've got uh, indoor and outdoor security cams, floodlights. Uh, I'm amazed at how much new stuff they're continually coming out for ring i have it uh, in my house i love it it's probably one of the the best integrated security platforms that i've come across uh, and it just kind of works the one that interest interested me the most john was the indoor flying security drone yes and I, I i read that before i had to you know got to see the picture i read that i'm like oh my god you know this is crazy but when you see the video, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. The sort of the response has been kind of mixed. Half of my friends think it's an, um, the coolest thing ever, and they've they want to pre-order it already. Yeah, and then the other half are horrified that people would have let this thing fly around their house. <laughs> I know. I I showed my wife, and the first thing she said, "Hell no, you were yeah. never, ever, ever, ever getting that in our house." Yeah, And so how this works, it, it works in conjunction with their, their Ring platform. So their video doorbell and cameras and lights. And you put this thing indoors. And if any of the Ring devices sense motion in your house, or if you want, you can just have it fly around, uh, it will just launch out of its little base station. It's square. All the uh, It's like a little quadcopter. Uh, all the little propellers are kind of inside the square case. So you're not going to... Uh, you know, get that the propellers tangled in in, in anything. Uh, several inches, you know, both ways as far as size. And yeah, it's got a camera on it, so it basically comes out of its base. And the camera only works when it comes out of the base. When it's in the base, the camera is uh, hidden inside there, so you you can't see anything. But it comes out, and then it flies around your house towards where that noise came from. 
Yeah, the uh, the idea it sounds like is that you are able to map out your house, so it actually knows your layout. And it's un- there's a few questions. Actually, there's a lot of questions people have about this. But uh, you know, does this work upstairs? Can it go downstairs? Can it go into your garage? You know, all those kinds of places that you would have to think about. How are you going to navigate it? What if there's a door that's closing it? Is there sensors to make sure it doesn't hit that door? Um, is there a pet mode? You know, so is it going to stalk my cat? Um, <laughs> Those kinds of things. But th- I think the interesting thing, though, about it, though, and I think why th- why some people would find this appealing is that it gives you the ability to look at something that you don't have a camera on when you're away from home. Yes. Like seeing if your stove is on, for example, right? Not that you could do anything about it. You would just know that you'd have to turn around and go home. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, unless it's a smart <laughs> or, or stove. Or call some which, friends, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the idea behind it is kind of clever that you can actually sort of have a movable camera that you can put anywhere and you know it's just one of those things that the first thing i thought of when i saw this was the drone that ryan gosling's character has in blade runner 2049 yes because basically he just deploys his drone it sort of follows him around when he's you know inspecting a a crime scene and um you know that's kind of what this is in a lot of ways actually looks very similar too um and the, but that the the idea of having this autonomous system that can follow you can do things for you is sort of what people have been wanting from a drone for a long time. There's no word whether this is going to be your selfie drone though. Like I can imagine the TikTokers going bananas over this already. Oh yeah, um, it, it looks cool. But yes, there. I mean, this was very polarizing when I showed people. Like like I said. Either you loved this thing or you hated it and you thought this is when the robots are going to be taking taking over. Uh, it, this thing's not going to be available till 2021. So let's just be clear. So we've got uh, the rest of 2020 to, you know, hopefully well, and, survive. And there's been a few little, like, little asterisks at the bottom of the video and that kind of thing. It's like, this is a proof of concept. This may never even see the light of day, but definitely they got the reaction that they wanted. And it was probably one of our most popular posts in uh, Facebook uh, items that we've done in a long time just because it like you said it's so polarizing and you know people are so intrigued slash horrified by it um like you said though it won't be available till next year the price point is actually pretty good for what it is um 249 us or around 332 dollars and change canadian based on today's exchange still, rates they'll make, they'll make uh, it 400 <laughs> yeah but even at 400 dollars, that's still way cheaper than uh an actual drone, mm-hmm. like like a good drone. Um, well, John, so. you know, it's it's all about their ecosystem. So Amazon owns Ring. They bought them for a billion dollars a few years ago. And yeah, the more products they have, the more they can tie you into that Ring ecosystem. Like I, I think I pay 15 bucks a month or something, uh, 10 or 15 bucks a month uh, to get the advanced Ring service so that I have yep. all the video in, in the cloud if I, I need to capture uh, any of that. So... Uh, that's what it's all about. And they also announced some numbers about their Ring security uh, service down the uh, the U.S. called Neighborhood. And we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, this is something that you can opt into that your local law enforcement would also opt into. So if you've got Ring security cameras around you know, the outside of your home and you're part of the Neighborhood program in your neighborhood, uh, if there's any trouble... Uh, the police could actually ask to get video from all the the ring owners in that neighborhood. But the thing I was wondering about that, though, is, you know, that's great. 
but do those people have to pay for that extra level like you're paying? Like I, I pay, I think $30 a year for my doorbell. I get a 12 second video clip yeah. um, or I can view live, but I don't get, it doesn't store everything forever in perpetuity in the cloud. So if six months from now, the RCMP showed up at my door saying, Hey, can we get your footage from your doorbell cam? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> you know, like, that's what I don't understand how that all would work. Or do, if you're part of that program, do they just sort of keep it longer anyways, even though you're not accessing it? So they, the, the numbers they gave me were staggering. Already in the U.S., they have 10 million users for their, their neighbor's platform on Ring. Uh, yeah. they, they did say they will be giving the option to disable that feature um, going forward, which I hate that. Like, you know, opt out is not my favorite thing. <laughs> You know, no, I mean, you like, should you should you should want to opt in. Yeah. What's interesting about that number, though, Mike, is people complain about you know the surveillance state of you know the UK or or even worse China. We're opting. Well, <laughs> we're not opting in. We're op- we're opting out of this. And there's 10 million <laughs> users in the US alone, right? Like, but it's inter- 10 million cameras. I know, and and it's it's funny. Again, it's polarizing. But in my neighborhood. And I've got ring cameras, I've got the video doorbell, I've got two in my front yard. And I, the reason I did it is because my cars were continually being rifled through. And it's yep. an issue in my neighborhood. Like I live in a, you know, a nice neighborhood. And on my camera, John, every week it captures some punk trying to get into my cars at like three or four in the morning. I'm waiting for the ring electrified car. <laughs> add-on so that those punks come to your car they get a nice jolt well speaking of cars ring also announced car sentry systems car alarms so they've got a few different models uh that uh, will basically tie into your your car i think this is just launching in the u.s at first but the idea is that you plug this into the uh, i forget what that little plug is in the odb2 yes all cars have this uh so like a little computer interface and you would plug it in and uh, you would pay for, you know, uh, cell service for it so that if anyone tried to break in your car uh, and depending what model of this new ring car sentry system you have, you could even get video of it sent to your ring app on your phone. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is kind of like what you have in your Tesla with your sentry mode, isn't yes. it? Like- yeah. And, and interesting, they're actually coming out with a Tesla version of it so that with my sentry mode now, I would be able to see in the ring app all the... Um, uh, times that it's recording video because it thinks that someone shouldn't be near my car. So you'll actually be able to know how many cameras you have in your car. <laughs> I know, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but John, it, and we talked a little bit about this uh, offline, who can compete against this? I can't think of anyone right now that has the sheer uh, volume of products like in that kind of home security space and yeah. just the momentum that Amazon Ring has right now. I know there's like Arlo and D-Link, all these uh, hardware platforms that have these security cams, but they they are nowhere near Ring. No, and and the thing is, you and I both get pitched constantly from random startups, Kickstarters, crowdfunding campaigns, where they think they've invented the proper security platform that they're going to take on Ring with. I'm like, maybe, but how can you compete with the amount of deployed units that that Ring has, yeah. the infrastructure that they have with the Amazon, Amazon Cloud Services and... Um, and Amazon. Uh, <laughs> it, well, and just Amazon in general, right? Yeah. Like even just getting the product, you know, if you wanted one, you can get one in an hour right now with Prime. You know? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, on the one side, I'm excited because finally there's a, a platform here that just works, and yeah. it makes me feel secure in my home. But at the same time, major privacy implications here because they've demonstrated so far that they're not like truly the best at keeping all all people's information private. They've had a few security breaches along the way, and so yeah. you know, do you want to trust a company that basically will have flying drone cameras in your house? and your car well and that was the question is can an amazon employee fly that drone remotely yeah you know like in theory why couldn't they right they would have a god mode app or something like that to be able to do that um and you know let's be honest amazon doesn't have a great track record during the pandemic they've been accused of profiteering off of all this as well um but it's also been extremely handy during the pandemic so and uh, and with all those questions, I still want that flying indoor drone. Yeah, but Atlanta will never let you have it, which means I get it. <laughs> you, you can follow your cat around the house while you're at, at work. Your cat is going to hate you, John. Well, maybe she already does. Okay, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little more about Amazon. They have a new platform called Amazon Sidewalk with the idea that they want to blanket your neighborhood or mesh it together with all your neighbors wi-fi networks using devices that you already have all those amazon alexa devices they're part of it and it's actually had that capability for the past few years we'll tell you what it's all about and why you should be concerned back after this you are back with get connected mike and john here Still got lots to talk about on the program today. In a bit, we'll be talking about some of the new Amazon Alexa devices. They look kind of like little balls now uh, that you'd be putting around your home <laughs> to listen to music and have it uh, obey all your commands. But we'll get to some of uh, some of that. I want to talk about Amazon Sidewalk now, John. Yes. And this is something interesting. I, I didn't really know much about this. They still need to release more details. But what Amazon is proposing now is extending your network outside of your house and kind of meshing meshing it in with your neighbors who opt into this program. Yet, well, opt in. I don't know if you have to opt in or opt out (laughs) with this. I'm going to guess you're going to have to opt out. Essentially, what it's doing is it's using the existing Amazon products that you already have. And, you know, it's kind of weird that they already have this capability. I guess they've known about this for a few years now. Well, no, but what what Sidewalk uses, it uses sort of a combination of all the things that an Alexa would have, for example, like Bluetooth low energy, um, and it would have Wi-Fi, right? So those things are already there. You probably have them deployed around your house already. So they're just using this as an additional network, basically. So it's not like they turned on some secret network. Um, it's already there. It's already there, and it's just the technology that was already needed and part of the device. So if you already have uh, one of the Amazon Alexa devices, like the Echo speakers, some of the new, uh, well, the new Ring stuff, uh, like, um, you know, their uh, floodlight cameras and, and what have you, it basically would extend your network outside of your house using Bluetooth and uh, the 900 megahertz uh, frequency spectrum. And that's the same as like UHF TV back in the day. Right. And so with that, they say they can actually extend it by up to half a mile. So why? That's that's the big question. So some of the things that the said it could do, perhaps you've got some of these 
ring security devices outside of your house, you maybe not have a, a good uh, signal from your router. If it's part of the neighborhood Wi-Fi or mesh network, it could make sure that you always have a good signal to that. Um, other companies can opt into this program, you know, like those tile trackers, that those little tiny things you can put in your wallet and your purse to hopefully not lose them. You know, you can track stuff down. Uh, they would take advantage of that as well. Pet trackers, that kind of stuff. Amazon's even talking about cities getting in on this and putting it into parking meters and what have you. So your existing Amazon Alexa devices, the Echo speakers and the Ring stuff are acting as bridges to extend this and mesh together together with your neighbors. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Although it's not like you're going to get like high-speed Wi-Fi in your backyard now. No, so. no, no. It's like really low speed. Yeah, it's just meant for like those location pings for you know the tile tracker type devices or slightly boosting a dead zone. Uh, you know, I, I think about at your house, you know, if you think about every device being sort of have this sort of umbrella range around it mm-hmm. and you've got a floodlight camera on your garage, which is arguably the furthest uh, thing outside of your house. Yes. That umbrella then is now extended, you know, probably to the end of your driveway even maybe even to your neighbor's driveways. Um, well, they said half a, they said half a re- mile. Yeah. In some cases, depending. Yeah, I, I, maybe not in your neighborhood because you got so many trees and things, but <laughs> um, certainly like at the farm, you yep. would have uh, you know a long stretch. We're going to be following this more as we get more details, but definitely something you should uh, be paying attention to because this is uh, another type of network that's kind of infiltrating our, our lives. We're going to have to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the new crazy Amazon Alexa speakers, and they're launching a new game streaming service uh, as well. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Don't forget to hit our contest every week. It's on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. And for our new listeners out in Toronto, this is something we're doing all the time. We're always giving away some great tech prizes. This week, it's a Samsung Galaxy A51 smartphone. This is a beautiful phone with a fantastic screen on it, great cameras, And if you want a chance to win this and other prizes, because once you enter in once, you're entered into all the contests for the rest of the year, getconnectedmedia.com, hit the newsletter tab, and all the instructions uh, are there. And our website's great. We've got lots of uh, good content up there, the latest product reviews, how-to tips, everything to make your tech life just a little bit uh, easier. Again, getconnectedmedia.com. John, uh, you and I have been talking about Amazon this week. They had a big uh, product dump <laughs> announcement, as we as we call it. Uh, I like these announcements, John, because there's always crazy stuff in there. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. that one year they had the Amazon microwave or the Alexa microwave. I never really, I don't think we ever saw that. I think it came out in the U.S., but not yeah, in Canada. Yeah, I think four people bought it. <laughs> um, they've announced some new Alexa or Echo speakers. And they've gone with a new form factor. So in the past, they've been either like those little pucks or they've been like those uh, tall cylindrical speakers. Now they look like giant balls. Yeah. Foam balls. It's like Mickey Mouse without the ears. Yes. What do you think? It sounds good. I mean, literally, like pun intended, um, because I think one of the things that they've done with this is they've actually really improved the speaker system that's in it. the, the, the regular Echo has now been merged with the Echo Plus, so there's just one Echo 
and then there's the echo dot which is a little bit smaller yeah the main echo has a three inch um subwoofer built into it and uh you know which is nice um the they've moved the you know the led bar ring from the top to the bottom now so it sort of lights up from below and they've got a fabric covering so it's you know a little nicer a little less techy looking yeah they've got kids versions that have like fun little animal faces on them as well yeah it's unclear if those are coming in canada though yeah yeah but yeah they they have like a little uh panda and a little tiger so uh, they've got a few different models uh they have also one with um and sizes the echo dot is kind of a smaller ball uh you can get one with a clock on it like a little digital clock kind of looks cool be great uh, nightstand yeah yeah no I, I i really like it i actually have the echo dot with the clock and i love it um so this is just a slightly bigger version of that and w- apparently the original or i guess the v2 echo dot the smaller puck size ones is still available it's not being replaced by this this is an addition to so another one that i found interesting and it, it looks like the facebook portal um screen device uh, the Echo Show, they have one that um, it's basically a, a, a nice large screen that sits on a base and the screen can rotate and actually follow you around the room. Yeah, that's the Echo Show 10 and it actually looks really cool. Um, I, I mean, I think if you were in the kitchen having a video call with, say, you know, your your mom who's giving you the secret recipe, the secret family recipe, you could be walking around doing your thing and, and she could always sort of see you because it, it would literally track you. Like the whole screen moves following you. Yeah, yeah, it rotates. And so the camera will be sort of locked onto you, which, you know, hello, big brother. <laughs> well, it... I mean, they're making them kind of uh, entertain, entertainment and media devices as well. You'll be able to uh, obviously watch Amazon Prime on there, but uh, they've announced that you can also watch Netflix shows on there uh, as well. And they're kind of uh, putting them as security devices too. Uh, they say that you'll be able to log in with this, and because the screen can uh, you know, rotate back and forth, you know, if you're not home, you could actually check things out. Be, you know, eventually it'll just fly around, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, th- that also might make you choose where you put it differently than, than you would normally do. Like typically with these types of things, you sort of tuck them under the counter, uh, tuck them on the counter under the, under the shelves or whatever, and sort of out of a way, out of the way. But if you can actually turn the camera around, you might want to change your placement of that and put it somewhere a little bit more central. Uh, so they've also announced a few things that uh, kind of tie in with these new Amazon Echo devices. Uh, one, and, and these probably will just be down in the States at first, but uh, you know, hopefully coming up into Canada. Uh, one now is called CareHub, and this works in conjunction with your Amazon Echo speakers. Uh, you can actually make a connection with maybe you know, your elderly uh, mother or you know, grandparents. Uh, so you, know, you can basically have them say, you know, Alexa, call for help, and it would get in touch with you, for example which is, I, I think, kind of a nice feature. And they also are kind of expanding their uh, Alexa or Echo Guard as well. This was a, a home security feature that would basically detect noises in your home if you weren't home and alert you. Uh, they have a new advanced service uh, that will help you detect things like glass breaking, smoke alarm noises, uh, and down in the U.S. they're going to launch what's called Echo Guard Plus for 5 bucks a month for even more security features. I actually use that feature and I, I, I turn it so that I'm like away from home, even when I'm home. And I find whenever I'm watching a movie loudly, it triggers it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it detects, you know, 
shattered glass because Superman just flew through something, you know, like. Yeah. Well, they say uh, Guard Plus will actually tie in with other smart home security services, uh, including ones from like uh, Wise. You love those Wise cameras? Yeah. So, and also their, <laughs> and also their own Amazon Ring stuff as well. Maybe, you know, when it hears shattered glass, it'll deploy your Roomba to go clean it up. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just want one of those flying drones that they're talking about now, and they can chase the, the thug away. I hope the drone has a laser on it. That would be awesome. Right? Right? I don't think we're there yet. Uh, we're yeah. talking about uh, Amazon and uh, all their announcements this week. Another one which... Uh, I think a lot of gamers will like is their Luna gaming service. So, John, how is this different from like Xbox and PlayStation and and Google Stadia? Well, uh, Xbox has xCloud, which is basically cloud-based streaming. So you just need a controller and and some kind of HDMI device to see what you're doing. Um, and that's really what this is uh, very similar to. Um, the, the the next console wars will be held in the cloud, right? So yeah. it's really going to come down to not unlike the streaming services for movies, what service has the best games that people actually want to play and download or stream. And uh, so they have this Luna service. Uh, it's, I think, about six bucks a month uh, US. And you basically get a, a special controller that... Uh, you then interface with your TV and it streams your games from the, the Amazon cloud. Um, you know, it seems good in, in theory. Um, it, there's not a lot of details about it right now. They just opened up the early beta invitations in the U S uh, and there's no timeline for any other countries yet. So, but it's very similar to stadia. It's very similar to the Xbox one. And, um, and I'm sure we'll see a few more of these from all the independent, uh, game companies as well, because why give it all to somebody else if they can do it themselves, if they've already got the infrastructure from, you know, these massively online games, for example, they've already got the server setups for that kind of stuff. So they could, in theory, just make this something available to to everybody. So it's going to get uh, crowded in the gaming game streaming space, I think, in the next uh, couple of years. It's going to be interesting. Amazon back a few years ago bought Twitch, uh, the game stream, or like it's a uh, game recording kind of service. And I thought, why are they doing that? But it's all about the cloud, John. And yeah. they have been taken over, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Yeah. Like they're a behemoth. Yeah. And that's one of the features of this new service is that you're able to play your game, but at the same time, stream your game so your friends can watch you play. Well, we'll be following these stories. Check our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We're going to be uh, posting a bunch of blogs with more information all about this. You want to see that flying drone, that flying indoor drone from Amazon? Well, it's up there. We've got a good uh, video link for that. Don't forget to hit the contest page up on uh, getconnectedmedia.com. It's uh, in the newsletter tab. It's got all the info there for you to enter to try to win the Samsung Galaxy A51 smartphone. When we come back from the break, we'll be talking with some students that won the James Dyson Engineering Award. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. We've got a really fun segment here. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, Dyson. Yes. I love their stuff. Uh, I've, I've got, uh, you know, some of their fans. i got their vacuum. I can't live without that vacuum. It's like life-changing. Well, uh, as many people know, James Dyson is uh, a wonderful engineer, and uh, uh, they actually have a national and international uh, James Dyson 
contests to uh, find the best engineers in the world. Well, uh, on the Canada side, there is a national winner, a national winner, actually two of them. Uh, they are Kevin Ta and Jessica Bo, both uh, co-founders of uh, Attentive. Uh, and these, uh, these guys are students out of UBC. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Uh, Kevin, tell us about uh, Attentive. Well, what, what do you guys do? Right. So uh, Attentive is a project that uh, kind of came out of a venture course out of UBC. We were looking for uh, real-world problems. And uh, what we discovered when talking with a lot of clinicians and nurses was this problem of IV infiltration. Uh, it's a complication where when an IV is inserted into a vein, sometimes it will fail and leak fluid into the surrounding tissue. Uh, and this has significant consequences for certain vulnerable populations like um, neonates or babies, as well as the elderly. Uh, and so we really wanted to come up with a way to leverage technology to help solve this issue. And that's where we came up with a sensor embed catheter, the attentive catheter, which is the project that we submitted to the Dyson Award. Jessica, how, how big of a problem is this in, infiltra uh, infiltration, is it called? Uh, do Can people get sick from this? Can they die? Yeah, that's a really great question. So infiltration is actually, it's not very well known in the mainstream. So I'm sure a lot of people of the public, including ourselves before we started this project, had no idea what IV infiltration even was. Um, but after we did some research and we talked to quite a few nurses and clinicians, um, people kept bringing up, you know, this is a really big problem for um, NICU babies. And after looking through the numbers, we discovered that um, actually 23% of adult patients who are receiving IV infusion uh, experience infiltration, but up to 70% of NICU babies also ex experience IV infiltration. So it's really a significant issue. Um, and the really uh, worst outcomes that might come out of infiltration, which happens in around four to six percent of cases is um, when the IV fluid is extremely cost, uh, caustic, it can damage the patient's tissues, and this might cause permanent scarring or even lead to tissue death that might require amputation or uh, cosmetic surgery. So it's actually very painful for the patients, um, but also, it's also very costly for the hospitals. So there's really this two um, double-sided factor of elevating the patient standards and also bring down the hospital expenditure. So you guys have come up with the uh, attentive catheter. Um, Kevin, can you tell us how this works? Right, so with this catheter, we did something that was really small, something that we could uh, kind of embed into it. Um, so we were looking at a impedance-based, so that's kind of electrical properties of the tissue and the blood to see if we can differentiate and identify when a um, something called catheter dislodgement or when the catheter punctures through the uh, blood vessel walls. And this kind of methodology, we looked into uh, literature and found it to be successful in other applications. And that's what led us to prototype this particular solution for this problem. And so, uh, so there's a wire in the catheter. Where does that go to? Right, so that wire connects back through the catheter body into a electronic receiver. Uh, and this receiver will be kind of sampling the conditions inside and then 
signaling back to a central monitor, which can then alert the nurse or caretaker that something is amiss or that, um, say, an infiltration has occurred, that they needed to maybe look and watch that site for future complications. Jessica, like, how do you figure this out? <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff going on here. You've got to have a receiver. I'm sure you've had to uh, f- have some software or something that can interpret these results. Like, how do you get this all together? Yeah, so we've been working on this project since last fall. So it's been almost a year. Um, and we've been doing the technical development in parallel with our clinical advisors um, who have been telling us about, you know, what kind of requirements they'd be looking for, what kind of constraints they're working with. Um, so uh, since January, we've been working on the, the prototype, which Kevin has explained. And I've also been working on the um, uh, the processing algorithm, so the software that actually does the infiltration detection. Um, and what we've managed to do was prototype. Um, so one is a machine learning classifier that looks at the different tissue properties of inside the vessel and outside of the vessel. And we also looked at a, dyma- uh, a dynamic um, statistical thresholding algorithm that looks for events of like a spike in the signal that might indicate infiltration. Um, and we've been prototyping it on uh, both animal models and also phantom models where we simulated a blood vessel and we put a catheter through it and punctured it. Um, and we were able to get some really nice results with that. So, so but obviously the next step would have to uh, go towards clinical um, testing. So, so that would be a new you're challenge. Not, you're not sticking these things in babies yet, you're saying? No, not yet. Um, that would be pretty unethical to do it at this stage. Uh, yeah. how, how far away do you think you are from actually having a working model that could be used? Yeah, so I think going towards commercialization, um, as you know, in the biomed world, it does take uh, you know years and years of development and research and also uh, passing regulatory requirements. So by our estimated timeline, um, after doing our prototypes with our um, kind of like in-lab models, we would be moving towards animal models. And then from there, we would start testing in healthy adults and then maybe in more critical patients. Um, And at each stage, we'd be evaluating the safety and uh, efficacy of the product and making any necessary changes. Um, So the overall timeline, it's really hard to say because it it depends on so many factors, but it's got to be like at least uh, four or five years um, by our estimates. We're talking with Kevin Ta and Jessica Bo. They're founders of Attentive. They've developed the Attentive catheter to uh, help catheters uh, be inserted uh, properly uh, to avoid something called infiltration. Uh, they have just won the James Dyson uh, Engineering Award uh, for Canada, 3000 bucks, and they are uh, in the uh, international awards or potentially in the international awards where they could win $50,000. Uh, guys, I want to thank you for joining us today. Good luck with everything. Great. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. We come back from the break. More tech to talk here and Get Connected. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got great contests going all the time there, and especially for our Toronto listeners. You have to enter. It's, it's great because you enter once and you'll be entered for the rest of the year, all the contests that we have going. And we're literally giving away thousands of dollars in cool tech prizes. This, uh, this show here giving away a Samsung Galaxy A51 smartphone, courtesy of our friends over at Samsung. Again, go to the newsletter tab. It's simple. All you have to do is subscribe to the newsletter and you are automatically entered. And 
as a bonus, you get a great e-newsletter every week uh, telling you about all the latest uh, tech tips and uh, info on our audio and video podcasts. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Of course, John Beeler, my producer, Graham, AJ, Christina, our uh, main producer, Stephen, and the rest of the folks back at the ranch. We'll see you again next time.